I want to take a minute and talk about Shop Boss. It's the ultimate solution for automotive shop management. In fact, the founder was a former shop owner himself. He was an industry guy with coding knowledge and experience who built what he wished existed for his own shop. Let's not forget about their customer service because it truly is second to none. They've invested in the people and the processes, ensuring that you receive top-notch service every step of the way. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing separate sets of books. Everything you need is built right in. ShopBoss also offers built-in DVI functionality, eliminating the need for third-party solutions. With Boss Pay, powered by 360 Payments, enjoy integrated payments with digital signature capture. And with customizable real-time reporting on the owner's dashboard, gain valuable insights into your business at a glance. See how they can simplify your auto shop at shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. Shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. That's shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. My name is Jimmy Purdy, shop owner, master tech, transmission builder, and the host of the Gearbox Podcast. Here I talk with new and seasoned shop owners as well as industry professionals about day-to-day operations within their own shops and all the failures and successes that come along the way. From what grinds your gears to having to shift gears in the automotive industry, this is the Gearbox Podcast. All right, well, we got to start with who you are. Who I am? I am Michael Wright. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm Michael Wright. So today we're going to do a little bit about um, a little behind the scenes, right? So we're we're going to talk about how you get the parts you need in the shop as a tech or as an owner to go on the car, and we'll go on for there. We'll see, we'll see where this takes us. Okay. We're going to go down the journey right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about a rabbit hole, huh? Yeah. So I don't, we won't do any name drops, but you know, if if if. You had to go, oh, oh, oh. I mean, you could kind of figure it out, right? You could probably could. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. We'll leave it at that. Just, just say the uniform is meant for uh, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That's good. That's another good one, too. We'll, ne- we'll never know who it is. We'll never know. We'll just say the warranty is three year and 36,000 mile nationwide. But that's pretty standard for, uh, it seems to be the new standard coming out. Now, you do a lot of conferences when it comes out to stay on top of the parts game, right? We do. So that's pretty interesting because we don't know anything about that. Okay. As a tech, as an owner. Yeah. So, I don't know, kind of walk me through starting in the automotive industry and how that, say you're looking to start in the automotive field. Maybe you don't know enough to get into a shop. Maybe this would be a good segue into that. I mean, how did you how did you get involved in to where you're at? I, I started as a driver. About seven and a half years ago, um, I was working in a kitchen. Minimum wage in California went up to $10 an hour. And I figured if I can get $10 anywhere doing anything, you know, driving sounds good. Yeah, driving sounds easy. Yeah, not my own vehicle. I was delivering the correct parts to the correct shops. Nobody had issues with me. And I just kind of promoted up from then. Um, Worked behind the counter for a few years. Learned a lot of automotive knowledge through uh, some of our professional um, sales guys. They call uh, We call them... Uh, installer service specialists, um, ISS for short, but they're essentially, they're just commercial managers. They're commercial account managers. Um, they're the guys looking up your parts and making sure the parts get out to the the correct shop. Um, learned a lot from those guys. Probably the three that I worked with for the longest had at least 75 years of experience between the three of them. 
Um, and that's parts knowledge, automotive knowledge, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, a lot of our paperwork, policy, stuff like that, that really opened up my eyes to um, seeing beyond the counter. Um, and that's when I started doing outside sales. As an outside salesman, I go from shop to shop promoting what I can, get you to buy more parts, get you to buy um, training classes, setting up accounts with our, our professional shop programs um, as our nationwide warranties, um, taking care of stuff like labor claims and, and just all sorts of things. You know, I sell tools and equipment. You name it, I can do it. Now, <clears throat> rewinding back a little bit into the mm-hmm. to the delivery driver part, kind of joked a little bit. It seems like an easy, anybody can do it. Typically, the retired guys are, you know, ends up being your drivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all... Any, anybody runs a shop or been in a shop knows that the delivery drivers show up. They're typically, typically not the younger guys. It's mm-hmm. kind of, kind of an old guy's kind of yep. re- retired and you just want to drive around all day. But there's got to be more to it than just you're going to go pick up the parts and, and deliver them, right? I mean, there's got to be some sort of a little bit more you got to have between the eyes in a sense yep. or between the ears in a sense that yeah, you have yeah. to like just pick up parts and deliver them. So, you know what? That, that's where, that's where my engagement started. I wanted to know what was in the box, you know, and I would, I would drop off to a shop and ask, you know, Hey, what's this going on? What's this to, what's it for? What's it do? Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of times the shop owner or the technician will, you know, they'll be happy to tell you like, Oh, well, it's a belt. It runs the fan and it keeps the engine cool and, and, and pumps water through the, through the uh, heating cycle. Right. It's like, Oh, okay, cool, cool. You know, then, you know, a lot of, some of it was self-research, um, my company is, is real big on training. Uh, we have daily training you need to do. And a lot of it is automotive systems, you know, not quite as advanced as what technicians know, but in order to sell parts, you got to know what they do. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you got you to be in the ballpark if you're going to yeah. start calling out, Oh, this is going to be one thing or another. And, um, I mean, kind of one of the services is checking the, the, the code, right. And then being able to recommend yep. certain parts that would possibly, Yes. Fix that problem, right? Yeah, yeah. When we <laughs> when 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 our guys behind the counter go out to the parking lot to scan a code, it's only a recommendation based off of what other technicians have said have been f- solves to the problem. Right. It's not a diagnosis. Um, I, I really wish customers would understand that it is not a diagnosis. I mean, that, that is probably the biggest rub for anybody in the industry is when they hear of a certain. Um, service being provided such as that is like oh well guys will come out and set your code and tell you exactly what to part to buy to replace like uh but it, i don't think that's what it's supposed to be but it's definitely i mean what's your feedback on that when when you get that kind of situation going on right i mean is that something that you're you're into do you like promoting that or is it i mean how, how do you feel about that i try not to do it <laughs> Fair I, enough. I, I really did try not to do it <laughs> you know I, I i would tell a customer like hey listen i'll scan this code it could be any number of problems. I once had a girl with a Jaguar. She had 13 codes. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's and, okay. and she just, she nearly broke down in tears. Yeah. I, I said, relax. It's probably just one or two main problems setting off everything else. Right. You definitely need to take this to somebody to have it diagnosed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's number of issues and it could be a simple fix. You know, it could be a, a difficult fix. And, and she, she sent it to a shop. And came back and told me it was it was basic problem, you know, bad wiring on her on her um, ECU. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I'm 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 glad you didn't freak out on me. Yeah, it, it's tough to be a parts salesman and then turn away a parts sale, but ultimately, we're all just trying to do the best thing for the client, right? At yes. the end of the day, and it's just a 
a very difficult position to be put in, especially if you're a counter salesman at a at a large box store like that, and then you're put in the position of, hey, go check this code, mm-hmm. and then recommend a part. Yes, and then go install the part. No, um, you well, know, like what, where where do we yep. draw the line here? Or did, so they go home and they install it, and then they come back and say they didn't fix it. And I want my money back. That is the worst part there when they come back and say, hey, this didn't fix my issue. Yeah, I mean, how, how's like, that well, situation I'm, been handled? As it, it's it, then that's where the customer needs to understand, like, hey, this is just a suggested fix to your problem. This yeah. isn't a guaranteed fix, you know. And, and when we do read codes, we used a um, we use a system called Pro Demand. Right. Uh, a lot of shops use it, you know. Oh, and yeah. A lot of shops will pull up it'll and it'll be some, it'll be four or five fixes. Yeah. But it still needs to be diagnosed. Oh yeah, yeah, D- yeah. Assessed and analyzed and. You know the yeah. whole the whole uh, yeah the whole, the whole scanner danner needs to be oh, we, oh, yeah. we can't we can't be a part changers around here. That's it. You see, <laughs> see, we're only scanning a code. We're not doing a draw test, load test. We're not doing any of the internal workings. We don't. You know, we're not doing any of that for the vehicle. We're just right. reading what the computer says it is. Yeah, and, and it, it seems like it wrong. started as like it always it always does. It always starts as like the heart's in the right place, trying to do the right thing here. But obviously, there got to be a profit behind it as well, right? I mean, is that something that they've talked about as far as like what was the what is the whole grab behind that? Is it is it basically just to try to up the part sales or is it trying to provide a service that's hey, here's a code. If you if you can't afford a scanner, we'll scan it for you and you can do your own research. Yeah. But then you draw on the line and like, well then why are you giving them recommendations? <laughs> so how far how far do we do we keep pushing this line where it's like, okay, now all of a sudden we're doing a disservice to the client because it's like well, this thing, you know, and then of course the counter guys, there could be some that are AC certified. There could be some that have 30 years, 40 years running a shop and they're mm-hmm. at the counter, right? But there could also be guys that have never had any automotive experience. So, and then you got all the colors of the rainbow in between, literally. So, it's definitely a tough thing for a corporate situation to just hand that down here. All you stores, scan codes. Yep. And then sell apart. <laughs> well, little little known secret, we only started scanning codes because our competitor did. Our our top competitor was scanning codes as well. Yeah, you got to like, well monkey see monkey do. Yeah, that's yeah. why you. That's why in most bigger cities you always see one of my stores across the street from a competitor store or yeah. close proximity. Yeah, down the block, around the corner, oh, yeah. all yeah. that. <laughs> you yeah, got to stay close. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to client education. It and is. That's what, what we try real hard here at the shop is to educate the clients as much as we can. Get on, you know whether it's on a podcast or whatever you're doing, just trying to get the, the word out there. Like you need to just stop for a second and think what you're doing. <laughs> you might get lucky. And that's the thing too, about a lot of shops that are just parts changers. And in this situation, you get a code and you, it, you know, most of the time you can actually fix a car that way. Mm-hmm. You get an O2 sensor heater code. More than likely it's going to be the O2 sensor that's bad. You sell them all four O2 sensors. It's probably going to fix the problem. And and in the client size, they just saved thousands of dollars, right? Because they they just know they go to a shop and they're gonna get, uh, you know, ripped off, right? Everyone thinks they go to the shop and they're gonna get ripped off, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy, crazy thought process to yeah. have. But then it's like, well, who was wrong in that situation? You know, they spent five hundred dollars in in O2 sensors, three of them of which they probably didn't need. Um, but it got the car fixed for five hundred dollars versus coming to a shop, paying the assessment p- fee. Mm-hmm paying the diagnostic fee and then paying for the, the sensor and then the installation probably would have been close to $500. So who, I mean, what's the, <laughs> what's the right answer here? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, is it, is it $500 in parts that you're selling or is it, you know, you're paying for all these 
people that work here in the city that and you're paying for their wages to do all this work and that's what i feel the money should go to not paying for parts that you don't need you're supporting a big corporate giant and it's like do they need the money or does the local shop techs need the money you know so that's for me but in the client's eyes five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars yeah you know and if they can get it for 450 versus the $500 going to a shop, it's like, well, I'll just do that. <laughs> like, Okay, well, hopefully that fixes it. If you have a wiring issue, then it's like, well, then you need the shop. If yep. you haven't been supporting them for the last couple of years, then it's like, well, you know, that was kind of on you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can get you in three weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> typically, yeah, two to three weeks. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm all for customers, sending customers to shops. Yeah. You know, hey, if this, if you think this might be beyond your automotive knowledge, go go to a shop. Yeah. Customers, our retail customers can go to our retail website and look up shop referrals for yeah. the specific job their their vehicle needs or they think they might need. Um, and a lot of these shops are, are ASE certified; they're nationally accredited. You know, they're backed by our nationwide warranties. And I'm all for sending customers to a shop. Yeah, and and twofold. You know, you, you the shops making money. You know, those local guys are making money. Um, you know, the technicians, they're spending that money that they make here locally within our community. Yeah. You know, it's all going towards taxes and fixing, well, should be fixing roads and, and, and yeah, education, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely all for the small guy, you know, I, and, and, you know, you said that the parts go to, you know, a big faces corporation. Yeah. We're faces corporation, but we started as a family business. You know, it was, it was run by two brothers, um, in, in the, in the late, uh, fifties and sixties. Two brothers, you know, and, and and those two brothers, their sisters, and their children have all been on the board, serving as a family company. Um, and on 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 top of that, you know, I'm local. I live here locally. You know, my wages are paid by the parts that that those customers buy. Yeah. You know, should they decide to take on the the solve themselves to fix the problems themselves, do the install themselves? We're there for support. You know, we're not we're not automotive technicians, but we're there. Yeah. We, you know, a lot of a lot of our guys do know uh, quite a bit. You know, we um, and there's always you know there's always YouTube and everybody trying to fix it on their own. Um, but but generally, I do try to recommend going to shops. Yeah, and I mean the way I see it is those aren't, and it's it's a harsh way to say it, but those aren't my clients. I mean that's if if you want to take it on and do it yourself. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let bless your yeah, heart. Yeah. You know, like, don't don't come to me uh, helping you bail out water when you're yeah, just, no. when you're sinking. Yeah, and I'm I, I like the DIYs and and it, and it's not just the guy that's like trying to cut ties and and like thinks everybody ripping them off. It could just be a dad trying to show his son how to yeah. fix something. You know, you never really know the situation when it comes to the DIYs, mm-hmm. and they also get kind of a bad rap between everybody. I mean, with everybody's like, oh, you're gonna try to fix it yourself. Good luck. It's like, well, no. I mean, there's some good people out there that are just trying to. Show their kid how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever it ends up being. And that's why, I like, I mean, I do the radio show and I try to help, you know, the advocacy as well as, like, promote it. And if I get a call and they're, hey, you know, I think I have the biggest problem because Leanne usually, you know, runs the office. Mm-hmm. And she hates it when I answer the phone because that's usually how the conversation <laughs> goes. <laughs> like, well, what code is it? Oh, okay. Well, what car is it? Oh, well, you know, I, I've seen a lot of issues with this. You might want to check this out. And I start just rambling on as, like, as if it was here and I'm diagnosing mm-hmm. it, you know, in, in the shop. And, uh, yeah, she hates it. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know who it is that's trying to do it. And, and it could be, I mean, a retired veteran on a fixed income. or mm-hmm. I mean, there's good people out there that just don't have the money to pay for the service. And I'm not going to try to pull that out of them there's enough there's enough people around here to, that we can promote our service to mm-hmm. and they can pay for it. i don't i don't need to like 
go down to the your store and like sit in the parking lot and start bad bad mad dog and everyone. What are you doing? You working on this too? <laughs> but as far as like recommending shops, that's got to be kind of tough situation to be put in as well. To like recommend a certain shop, right? Mm-hmm. You can't can't do that. Not a specific shop. I'll you know I definitely will tell them go to our retail website and do some research. Yeah, that's there. the best. I mean. You don't want to be put in that situation either. Mm-mm. I've had enough. I mean, I know I got friends that own shops in the area, and it's like you recommend them, and then you hear about what they did. It's like I thought I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah. That's crazy. Why did you do that? You make me making me look bad now. Yeah, yeah. you can't really do that. It, it's ultimately going to come down to the customer what they're comfortable with and the decisions they make, because um, it's their vehicle. They the they're the ones that have to drive that vehicle every day. Yeah. Get their kids to school, get to work themselves, you know, go get groceries, pay their bills. That's their vehicle, their livelihood, just like myself. I am, I have one vehicle. I'm a one vehicle owner. And, you know, that's my get around. I drive from shop to shop. I have, I rely on that vehicle, you know, so it's, you know, I can, I can see where people can come in and be real worried about their vehicle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to trying to budget everything and every dollar all the time. Like, oh, I'm just going to save it all. Don't step over a dollar to pick up a dime in this place. <laughs> Get it done right. When it comes to vehicle maintenance, yes. Yes, yeah. I 100%, 100% degree, agree. Yeah. Um, don't try and skimp on any of it. You know, don't buy the cheapest oil. Don't buy the cheapest filter. Don't go to the cheapest shop. Right. You know, maybe not to go to the most expensive shop, but go to the shop that's got the most certifications. Yeah. You know, the shops that it's cranking out the most work, they're obviously doing good jobs. Yeah. You know, and again, look for that nationwide warranty, you know, that's backed by a, a wholesale parts dealer yeah yeah that's all i mean it's all about the, the warranty at the end of the day right i mean that's yep. that's what matters yep i mean that's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line from tommy boys i can i can sell you shit in a box yeah as long as it says but guarantee long on the side as, yeah, long as there's a guarantee on it you're gonna sleep good at night <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed piece of shit <laughs> but it's guaranteed yep it's still not a bad thing so that's um so moving into the driving around i want to go back to that mm-hmm. so that's your job requirement, right? You, you yep. drive around and you go to the shop to shop. Now, a lot of owners aren't super happy to see you pull in, I would imagine. Get a lot of that? I do from time to time. Okay. You know, it just, it maybe it's not a, not a good day for the owner, but, yeah. you know, my, my parts have failed and here now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the face of the company, so that's yeah. my fault, you know, or just, they just had their butt chewed by a customer over something that wasn't even anything they had to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it happens, you know, yeah. we all have bad days. We all have good days, you know, and I just take it, take it with a smile and Hey, I'll see you next week. You know, <laughs> hey, next, next week we'll both be in better moods. It's, it's happened all the way around, right? You Probably know what? I, every I, shop, huh? I've been chased out of this shop. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not by me. I didn't know. No, not by you. And, and, and Leanne, bless her heart. I, I love Leanne. Yeah. Um, she just said, Hey, today's not, it's not a good time right now. It's not a good I'm day. Like, hey, that's cool. I, 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 I can, I can learn to read the room. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And I think that's um pretty fair for a lot of other shop owners. I mean, you get to a point where you realize there's a relationship that needs to be had there and mm-hmm. you need to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yep. And I feel like the uh, how do I put this? The, not the bigger, but the more efficient you get as a shop, you start delegating your time more appropriately and you yeah. and you start realizing this is what I need to be doing. I don't need to be out there stressing, you know, spinning a circle in the middle middle of the shop floor. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot listening right now that may be in that position where they're a one, you know, owner operator, maybe with one or two techs and they're yep. kind of writing service and they're trying to be tech too. And then they get the sales guy coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and something I often forget is that 
I'm not the only rep out there. You know, you've got you've got your other rep coming in. You've got this rep. You've got the tool guy coming. Yeah. You know, and then you've got to deal with bonehead drivers sometimes. You know, not not all drivers are are fantastic drivers. You know, yeah. some some of them drop parts off at the wrong counter. Some of them will bring them to the wrong shop. Yeah. You know, or or just get lost plet- on, get lost on the way. There you go. Just it's a <laughs> it's a plethora of things. You know, there's there's other stuff that goes on that I don't see. You know, so maybe. Maybe it was just the last parts, the the last rep that was in here. You know, hey, the, you know, this is the third rep today. You know, can you guys give me a break? Yeah, I'm trying to work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how would you sell that situation? You come in and, I mean, what what would you say to somebody that's in that situation? Maybe listening right now, like, what is the most important thing to taking the time to listen to these different sales pitches? I guess mm-hmm. elevator pitch, if you call it. Um, is is there something that you would tell them, hey, this is important because, I mean, just to hear like a breakdown. I mean, for us, it's obviously knowing the different parts warranties, you know, and then the pricing and then how it all works. But you can't just call them over the phone and say, hey, look, this is what we do. So in that situation, how is that? Say you walk, you come into a new shop and how is that? How does that conversation go for you on a new client? Uh, on a brand new, we call them cold calls on a brand new client. Yeah. You know, I just, I just, honestly, I just walk in, introduce myself. I no flyers, just business card. Hey, listen, we deliver to your area. We deliver free. You know, we, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm an ag shop. It's like, well, we do ag. We, you know, we do batteries, alternators. I mean, or, you know, I, I, oh, I, I don't, I don't do automotive. I marine. Like, hey, we sell starters and, and stuff too. You know, hey, we want to be dominant supplier in, in anything we do. Yeah. And, uh, customer, you know, just leave it for the customer. You know, hey, I'm Michael, you know, I work with so-and-so. I leave a, a what we call a phone sticker for the parts guy on the counter working at the store. Hey, he's got great knowledge. He's been in the company for 25 years. He's, you know, worked on his own vehicles. He's, you know, got backed up. We've got drivers here, um, you know, and leave it in the in the, in the the customer's hands. Yeah. You know, if I don't hear from the guy in a week or two, pop in again, you know, leave a flyer. Say, like, hey, I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to follow up and see if there was anything you needed. You know, we we... We've got great parts, great service, and and our warranties are fantastic. We're covered by nation, you know. We're covered nationwide. We've got over six thousand stores. Our inventory is is on par with any other parts house you deal with. And then another interesting thing, and this will probably be another tattletale, but the trucks that are driving around mm-hmm. don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. What's the thought process behind that? We don't need customers to know who we are. You know, our, our parts and service stand for who we are. You know, that's one of the reasons why we, we are under a different umbrella than our mother, than our mother company. Um, that's about to change just to be more uniform so that everybody in the store looks the same. The same. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but my, that, the thought behind that being that, you know, hey, your, your customer is as, as my driver walks in, Drops off parts. Your customer doesn't need to know where you're getting them from. Yeah, you know they just need to know that you're backed by that nationwide warranty. We're a, we're a nationwide wholesaler. We sell great parts at a great price. Um, tested. You know we we get we get uh, parts from from factories all over the world that are that are tested and tested and tested and, and stores everywhere. You were just telling me the other day what yep. was it number? Was o- it five thousand? Open six thousand store 6, 000 last store. last Wednesday. We opened our six thousand store in Fort Glenn, Oklahoma. Crazy. Everywhere you go, yeah. Oh yeah, get away yeah. from it. Oh. Well, we're we're actually opening um, a DC in Mexico. We're opening a DC in Puerto Rico. Stores in, I believe, four stores in Puerto Rico. 
Um, we have several stores in Mexico right now under our, um, under our partnership company. And, you know, we're, we're looking to go, um, soon international. You know, we hope to be in Canada and, and other else, elsewhere as well. Just keep pushing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works out for everybody. I mean, it's nice as that grows, the inventory grows because one of the biggest problems is trying to stock inventory as a shop owner, as a shop. You don't have room. You can't, you can't, you can't. No. I mean, I'm a transmission specialist. So it's like if I try to stock my general auto side and I try to stock my transmission rebuilding side, I, I mean, the shop would be full and I wouldn't have any lifts in here. Yeah. <laughs> Just be- I'm a warehouse. I might. This is impossible. So being yeah. able to have, you know, access to parts quickly like that is the most important thing. I mean, you can get it. I mean, as far as parts delivery and having that stuff taken care of, it's it's so much easier and more efficient that way. And then of course, not having to wait a day or two days or three days for parts to come in. That's another big issue too. I think the performance side probably still needs a little bit of help, but I don't know if. Yeah, we're going to get into the performance side of parts. I know we talked about that before, but yeah, that, mean, that's something that we something we dabble in a bit, you know, but not a whole lot. Yeah, you know that stuff so, like that. Tough people, profit margin. On it, it, it is. It is. You know, pe- stuff like that. People are going to like Jags and Summit. And yeah, stuff like that, and they're getting it. You know, dirt cheap, and it's yeah. direct to your door the next day. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's not even worth trying. Yeah, same with transmission parts. That's that's the biggest issue I have is, is trying to find a good transmission part supplier. It's crazy right now. I just, it's just, it's insane. I've, well, I've brought this up multiple times. It's like trying to find internal automatic transmission parts. Like Transstar is just not, <laughs> it's been off the planet lately. I can't get any parts from them. And then you, you find the part on Amazon and you order it off of Amazon. You're like, wow, that's like 30 bucks cheaper. And it was just today I had some parts come in and I ordered from Amazon, came in and came out of a Transstar box. And I looked up and it was like the same exact part number and in their box, but just $30 cheaper because I went through Amazon. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've Bosch, for instance. Yeah. Um, a Bosch O2 sensor, you know, this, this guy comes up, say, Hey, listen, I can get it from Amazon. It'll be here two days from now. I said, but I have it, you know, and he's like, well, I, I don't want to pay that much for it. And I, I price matched it for the retail customer and the, I caught hell from it for, for, for doing it. And, and, but it was the right thing to do. You know, the customer needed it and he, he Hey, it was a legitimate price. Yeah. 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 yeah that's going to be tough. I mean, how do you compete with something like Amazon? Well, at the time we were, uh, this was when I lived in the Central Valley and Amazon has a huge, huge warehouse. I believe it's, it was at the time the largest warehouse on the West Coast, you know, and this is something that he he said, I, he could have had it in his door the next day. Yeah. It is one of their hugest distribution centers, um, on the West Coast. I, I don't know if it still is, but it, it's massive. I mean, I drove by it several times and it's just like, oh my God, what the Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, and Amazon now is like a global power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the prices is like you look up anything on there, and it's in there. Just get the part number and look it up, and it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, holy moly. Yeah, but but with Amazon, who's going to warranty it? Yeah, I mean, just like Rock Auto and all the other ones mm-hmm. is like, yeah, that's great and all, but if, I mean, if it's me, okay, maybe you know, but still, I mean, the warranty I get, I'm I'm probably just going to get it from you guys because. <laughs> If something happens, I can just put a, my own warranty and I can pay myself to do the job again because mm-hmm. it's parts and labor warranty. Yep. It's not just a part warranty. So that's, it's, I mean, that's, 
Depends on how much I'm gonna I'm gonna save, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm a couple hundred dollars for like a half hour job, I'm probably gonna buy that part because I'm not too worried about exactly, spending yeah. a half an hour to replace it again. But if it's an in depth part, I don't know. I'm definitely having that conversation, and that's with myself, you know, doing the work myself, and so that's always it's always fun. And then you always got the price shoppers that come in and they do the same thing, and you know, it's just a tough conversation because you got to understand, like, hey, look, I'm selling you a service with this part. Mm-hmm. The part's just the cherry on top, you know? It's You're not just coming here buying this part from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then paying my guy two hours to put on. No, no, you're, you're paying for a whole service here. This is like a whole thing. Yep, yep. I, I believe one of the worst things for this industry has been the smartphone. Yeah. You know, you, you get a yeah. customer walk into your shop and, and ask for a replacement on a battery. could be a super simple battery on a, you know, on a 95 Chevrolet yep. uh, uh, Silverado. Simple battery, not super expensive, not super cheap, you know, easy job. But what the customer doesn't know is that, yeah, he can get it for $50 cheaper from my store, but he doesn't know that you're backing it with roadside assistance, free roadside assistance, just like his insurance company would, AAA. It's roadside assistance. It's nationwide warranty. He's covered for the two years or the three years the battery is warrantied for. That's where that extra comes in, you know, Mm -hmm. plus you got to keep a shop running. You know, you you can't keep a shop and, and maintain technicians out on your floor keep business flowing off of charity yeah you, you just can't and that's the hard thing too with with parts is always kind of driven me kind of crazy is, is that is they can call the, the store and then get the price and their price is what the price we pay mm-hmm. so we really have to s- promote that we're like you said giving them a service like hey there's there's a lot more going on and i i kind of like that instead of I mean, of course, I'd always like less money, right? Like everybody would like to have like a commercial discount, an mm-hmm. actual commercial discount, like mm-hmm. a deep discount. Okay, the battery is 120 for the consumer or the uh, walk-in and, and it's 80 bucks for the shop, you know? Because mm-hmm. everyone thinks that I get parts cheap too. I get friends that ask me, family, like, oh, what's your price on it? It's like, my price is your price. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same. <laughs> but I, I'm going to sell I'm gonna sell you a service on top and, mm-hmm. I, and I appreciate that because I think that works better logistically. You know, for the company, both ways, because I can sell the part and then I can sell my service on top of it. Yeah. And I don't have to personally back that warranty, right? So I, yeah. I can still charge my or pay my techs for their time, for their labor. But then I can also, if it fails, pay them again, not out of my pocket. Yep. So I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense why the part's marked up. Yeah. or Or as they're traveling as well. As yeah, as you, the way your warranty works, as long as they're outside of a twenty-five mile radius from this shop, they can be towed to another shop and have the service done at the original price of the invoicing for free. You know, I've asked too on the on the um, uh, on it. It's like the you said the roadside assistance, flat tire, battery. Now, how does that exactly work? Is that any repair, or is it just if you had a battery replaced, you get free jump start? That that's one thing I've, I haven't really looked too much into, but I was always kind of curious about it, and I I, I kind of sell it like that a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm you know like oh yeah, okay. you'll have to call the one eight hundred number just to verify, but most of the time you should be covered for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the way our nationwide warranty program works for our partnership shops, our, pro- our professional shops, we call it the uh, certified auto repair program. Um, the way that works is that, is that long as there's any service of twenty five dollars or more done to that vehicle, they're covered by a roadside assistance. And that's 24 months free roadside assistance up to two claims a year. Uh, they would need to pay ahead and reimburse it at the back end. 
um, as far as installation of parts, those parts are covered for your three years, the 3636. So the owner of the vehicle gets two claims yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. For two years. Yeah. Or, yeah, for, yeah. So you get four, yeah. four basically bailouts mm-hmm. for any reason. Yep. And, and that, that policy is the same for any of our general repair shops that are replacing batteries that aren't under our, our partnership. They're just replacing our batteries with two years or better. I see. Yeah. And that, and that goes, that's extended out to any shop that replaces one of our batteries. Well, that's yeah, okay. Other than that, if it goes to the shop, 25 or more covered two years, that is an extended three years. The extra years just for the part replacement only. So you get you get two years roadside assistance with that, and then you get yep. the third year. The third year just, for the part it's just only. The yep. part only. You don't yep. get you don't get any more bailouts. Yep. You left your key on, or you ran over too many nails already, or whatever you did. Mm-hmm. Quit, <laughs> quit, well, doing, quit doing that. <laughs> t- typically, a customer is going to come in and have a, another service done within the three years. Anyhow, I mean, yeah, that that's the idea. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want to not see a client for two years. Like, hey, remember I recommended shocks two months ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is three years later. Yeah, what's going on here? Oh, I've, I've seen uh, transmissions right. last that long. Yeah, oil changes, you know, to um, any any smog shops that do, you know, charge for smogs. Yeah. That customer that comes in just for a smog, if, as long as that shop is a certified auto repair, they're covered for the 24 months of roadside assistance. Wow. And that's with no parts being replaced? No parts repaired, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Learn something new every day, I guess. Yeah. See that? That's a good thing I asked. <laughs> you got to ask questions, you yeah, know? Yeah. You never know. Speaking of questions, so getting back, let's go back into the beginning of this thing. So getting into the automotive field. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an interesting, it's all interesting what path you can take to, to be involved, right? Yes. And obviously you took the part side. Have you had any experience in the service side as far as repairs other than your basic training? Just Working on the vehicles I've owned, you know, basic, basic repairs, but no, like in quote in air quotes, professional. No perfect, yeah, no yeah, professional technical auto. Sir, auto yeah, okay, nothing like that. No. But you've moved from being a delivery driver all the way up to what your position now as an outside sales rep. We call them territory sales managers. Okay, and I cover a territory of uh, the entire San Luis Obispo County, um, and I cover about 145 to 150 shops that I see on a monthly basis. Some of them I see weekly, some I see biweekly. Um, and again, I'm just out there promoting, you know, our parts and service training tools and equipment, right? Uh, any, anything that, that the shop needs building, yeah. building that partnership relationship, right? you know, getting the customer to, to buy into, you know, why we're the best parts provider out there. Yeah. Sell the parts, mm-hmm. but that's a, I don't know if I call it easy, a little more simple than, some of the other paths you can take to be in the industry, right? So it's definitely a good path to take if you're looking to maybe not get dirty in the industry. But was there a certain aspect or certain thing that draw you drew you into that, or is it just you just kind of took the path and you fell there? Or what, what, what's what's the story behind it? Um, I, at first, I will agree with you. I uh, I do like the fact that I don't have to get dirty. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I do, I, I will. But uh, typically, I. I <laughs> Uh, it's not in my you job. Shine, you got sir. your shiny shoes on all the time, and <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, what was the question again? As, as far as oh, what what drew you into that position? In, so, oh, so did did you like start as a driver, and you're just like, hey, okay. where's this going to go? Or, yeah, or yeah. Did, did you latch onto that, and you're like, I want to get to the top of okay. this, yeah, chain. Uh, um, well, starting as a driver again, you know, just looking at what's in the box, learning what parts are, uh, you know, and when I started as a driver, I knew, I knew what a spark plug was, I knew what a 
alternator and a starter was, but I had no idea what a coil or any, any of that advanced stuff was, blower motor, any of that. I had no idea what any of that was. Um, so that really drove my hunger for knowledge is, is looking f- for that. Um, also, I started looking at the, you know, the, the professional flyers that we were sending out to our shops. You know, well, what, what is this? You know, we're giving away a promo. What is like, what is this promo? What is this? You know, what's this training class? Well, you know, what is all this that we're sending out? Um, we had a, a guy that was doing it, um, once a week in our store and he was promoted to another store. And, and I just, I asked the store manager at the time, like, Hey, who's going to go out and see his customers? And the store manager had no idea. I said, well, can I do it? And, and I, my, my story is not the typical story. I mean, but I, I, I was like a fish to water when it came to sales, you know, and and if anybody knows me personally, I'm not a talker. Yeah. It's been pretty hard. It's been Uh, pretty hard so far. I'm not, I'm really, I'm really pulling out of you right now. (laughs) (laughs) But when it comes to sales, you know, when it comes to sales and promoting the business and, 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 the stuff that we talk about, you know, it comes naturally. You know, yeah. my, my, actually, my dad was a, a store manager for 20, almost 21 years. At the, uh, Craigans. Yeah. He started at the old school Craigan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in, in fact, it was his passing that, that opened up my eyes and like, Hey, life's too short. I'm not happy in a kitchen. I could be doing something else. And I went to one of his friends who was a store manager at the time. He says, Yeah, I'll hire you. You know, you can drive, right? I'm like, yeah, I got a good license. And I, I drove here. Yeah. <laughs> I made it here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then, yeah, that's that's where that all started, you know, looking at the parts in the boxes, looking at the sales flyers, you know, asking the asking the, the shop, the technician, you know, hey, what's that do? What's it for? And, okay, well, you know, that's cool. You know, learning from the the installer specialists, the guys behind the counter working working the uh, pro counter, you know, learning a lot from them. Um, but if anybody's looking to get in, whether they want to be a technician or even a parts guy, you know, it, it's, you got to start somewhere. And, and yeah. I would say if you have the ambition, starting as a parts driver, a delivery driver is a great place. Yeah. You know, you're, you're in an air conditioned vehicle. Brand new air conditioned vehicle. Uh, it's not yours. You know, you can drive it like you stole it. I wouldn't recommend it because we like to try and keep them long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> they got GPS on them, but, um, but, uh, you know, the advancements in, in the driving. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've got, GPS scanners, you know, we're not always watching you, but uh, those scanners help us find out where, you know, hey, you know, Jimmy calls up, says, where's my parts? We can look at the GPS scanners and say, hey, he's right down the block. He's, you know, tur- he's starting on the, at the at the red light now. I don't know. He's been parked in the corner of, uh, of uh, what, what, what is right there? Is that a is that a Hooters restaurant? I think there's a Hooters restaurant. What is that guy doing? There, there, there are no Hooters in North <laughs> County, Jimmy. I know. I know. I love their wings. They got the best wings. I'm not gonna lie. It's like they just have really good food. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that that's a good it's a good starting point. I mean, you can learn a lot, right? I yeah. mean just, oh, just yeah. by delivering parts, like getting into the shops. And then not to say that uh, you know, get a delivery driver job as a leapfrog, but you never know who you're gonna meet, what shop you walk into, who they're looking for. Yep. Maybe that's the your end to get into a shop. Maybe you've been interviewing at different shops and you're not having any luck. I mean, I don't know how that would happen right now in this day and age, but it gets your foot in the door to a lot of, and I feel like maybe 15 years ago, that was like a really good end maybe, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the time you're not going to get to see the owner because mm-hmm. he's busy. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with kid coming in wanting to get a job or 
you know, and he's, he's running, pulling his hair out every day, just trying to make ends meet. Like, I'm not going to hire anybody, but if you see someone come in day after day after day, you build a relationship, you know, you can't help it. You yeah. see him every day and he's bringing you something you need. Hey, hey, this guy's <laughs> I kind of like this kid a little bit. <laughs> he's employed and he you works keep, every day. Okay. Hmm. You, you keep bringing me stuff that I need. That's yeah. awesome. So not to say that you'd be poaching, you know, employees from you guys, but you know, if you're looking to get into the field and you can put a year or two years in as a delivery driver. You got to figure out what you're go- what, where to go from there. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, it's like a retired man's game. And if you're young and you're a delivery driver, I mean, you're not planning on being a delivery driver for the rest of your life. I, I feel like that's like an unspoken contract, right? Like, okay, I understand you're probably going to do this for a year or so. And then you're either going to move up or you're going to move out. <laughs> I'd, you're probably not planning on keeping delivery drivers more than maybe a decade <laughs> at that's, the most. That's typically how it happens, yes. Right. It's got to yeah. be the hardest thing to keep in keep cycling but it's an it's a fairly simple job mm-hmm. get in drive take this part over here cool i the, can do that the great thing about this industry is there's always room for advancement yeah period whether well, you whether yeah. you want to stay a driver or not there's always that room for advancement because like you said that next driver is up you know my counter guys not been poached but you know hey they have other aspirations hey i've only been doing this part-time because i do want to be a technician or i do want to be a shop owner i do want to be a service writer yeah uh, or you know i'm going back to college you know that, that there's always that room for advancement and that's what's great about the automotive industry yeah yeah other than the high turnover but i mean i'm i'm looking for golden handcuffs on my tech so it's like i don't want them going anywhere <laughs> but i mean it's the hardest thing in the world to, to find a tech that'll show up you know and then and then be knowledgeable and and want to do good work for his own sake, and then and then realize that he's making other people money with his hard work. I think yep. that's the big realization that techs have is as they start, you know, getting better and better, they start realizing like, wow, that was a twenty five hundred dollar ticket, and I got paid four hundred dollars to do it. And they just their eyes get big, and they think they can. Oh, that, I'm going to take all that, and it's like, oh man, don't. <laughs> that's such a bad way to view that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you start chasing the dollar, and that's when. That's when you go, I think, in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, in your kind of situation, that was probably the most motivation, right? As you start advancing, you get paid more. Obviously, I would think you yes. get paid more now than as a driver. I, I do. I, yes, I do. <laughs> I would hope so. I, I wouldn't do this for driver wages, no. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so obviously, the advancement also comes with, with, with benefits and, and a promotion. But um, you're not really looking at that as like, oh, wow, I'm selling this account, $10,000 account, and I'm, I'm taking home... 10% of that or 20% whatever the, the numbers end up being but you gotta keep that mentality and stay humble right like oh yes you're not gonna go start opening you're not gonna go open a parts store no you know no. you're like oh I just sold all these accounts I got what'd you say 400 stores or that that are in the North County service uh, uh, 145 145 I got a 4 in there I don't know yeah, yeah, 400 yeah. but 140 so you got 145 stores like I sold all these guys and you know they're all 8,000 10,000 dollar accounts it's like oh I'll just I'll just open my own parts store and I'll start selling them my parts, right? It's like, why Why would you do that? And I just take that situation and it's like, that's the exact same thing that some techs think as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm doing these jobs and they're, they're billing for three, four, five thousand dollars and it's like, I could do this on my own. It's like, I don't know how that seems so much simpler than like what I had just explained about a parts store. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> It's it's crazy. It's like there's so much that goes behind the scenes that no one realizes when mm-hmm. it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I wish these guys that think like that would actually take the time to do the research or maybe ask their boss or another shop owner, yep. you know, hey, what does it take to run a shop? Well, what it takes to run a shop is 
I pay for your insurance. I pay for the insurance on this building. I pay for the lights. I pay for the lease. Yeah. I pay for the, the the licensing, the ASC certifications. I pay the, you know, I pay for the the EPA certs, and I pay the oil guy to come pick this, this up. On and, I, and on. I and pay on. the service counter. I pay my parts. I pay, you know, like hey, at the bottom bottom dollar, you know, I'm only bringing home fifteen percent of that that uh, two twenty five hundred. Hopefully about twelve, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, 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 we're just tw- tw- generally twenty. Twenty is like the number, but I don't know if anybody yeah. actually does a twenty net. Like that's crazy, but maybe one day we'll see. It's like, well, like, when just you, keep we, trying. Yeah, when you think about it, fifteen percent is about that four hundred he made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about where it lands, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, the problem is there's not a lot of information out there, so it's like you kind of just got to do it. And I've I've said that before. It's like you get in. And you just got to do it. Like, if that's what you want to do, you got to do it. But I think doing it for the money is the wrong reason to do no, it. No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, the the guys that are in this business fixing cars are doing it because they like it. Doing yeah. it because they want to keep families safe and on the road. Want to get a mother to her children at school. Get get a mom to work so that she can provide for, for the family. They want to make sure the cops are staying on the road. They want to make sure that the, you know, the judge, the, the, the people working in the, in the service industry, they want to make sure that they're still able to get to work. Yeah. You wouldn't be doing this if it were just about the dollar because you could make a lot more money doing a lot less work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I could probably just go sell parts and make a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that sounds, that. that sounds like the easy way out, you know? But you know, if, if maybe that is, maybe you are burnt out being a shop owner and you don't want to get out of the industry. So yep. there's a pivot. You know, you have plenty of retired shop owners that have come to the store that that are working for you now. Mm-hmm. Works out. There's no, you don't have to be retired and do nothing, but you be delivery driver or yeah. counter sales. I mean, so a lot of people would probably appreciate somebody with a little bit of uh, knowledge in yep. the automotive field sitting at the counter selling them parts. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially if they have the the enough knowledge to know, hey, this part is cataloged to fit that car, but I know from experience you need this one. Like, oh, I'm coming back here for the rest of my life now. Like, mm-hmm. you're the man, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that that old school part sales is like is gone away. It it because of technology, because of yes. the, the 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 amount of not having to know what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. You these guys going to the counter. And they just know they can just type in the VIN or the license plate. It'll populate a part. This is the part number. That part number matches that part number. Here's your part. Yep. Right? Not not like it used to be where you'd walk in, you could have a conversation, and it was, oh, what, what, you know, it's a V8, V8. Like, they would just know what it is, what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, part numbers memorized. Yep. You don't have that anymore. You don't. You know? And that was like only not even 10 years ago you could go in yep. and someone say, oh, you need this U-joint, you know? Like mm-hmm. 231C, that's it for this. Like, holy, how do you know that? <laughs> that's impressive, man. Yeah. You know, they could just look at certain parts and it was like, oh, you're definitely a part specialist. You know, you look at something, you can ID it and actually tell you exactly what part number it is. I feel like that's a dying breed. Yeah. My, know? My, my favorite thing to do on the counter was to uh, open a paper catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because you 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 said you hit it right on the hit the nail right on the head that uh, you know you just type in the VIN and it's right there on the computer and the computer says it's right that's what you need. Yeah, it's not always the case. You know, sometimes no. you do have to break down and open up that paper catalog. And my and and as I said, my favorite thing to do was open up a catalog. You know, you get these old timers that are like, whoa. You know, they stand back and watch you thumb through a catalog to find their parts and yeah. all amazed because you found it and it was the correct part and yeah. Like, well, you know, say, sir, well, not everything's on the computer. And I just, I love teaching the other guys at the counter, you know, if you can't find it, measure it. Yeah. Measure it, you know, you, you keep, keep a measuring tape in your pocket. Yeah. I. There it is. Huh? I literally have measuring tape in my pocket. 
<laughs> a dial indicator, micrometer. There it is. No, no, just a simple pocket measuring tape. Yeah. You know, you got to measure six feet of hose. Well, hey, here's three, three. Um, you know, hey, is that three eighths or is that a quarter inch? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's all easy, simple stuff. Yeah. No one does it anymore. That nobody does it. Yes, exactly. That nobody like, does like it Like you said, the phone is the downfall of the whole thing. Yep. You know, all the way around. Like, I'll just look it up. I was looking up and give a part number. Like, that's not always going to work that way. Mm-hmm. It never, well, never, never, but it just never seems to fail. Like, as soon as you're counting on it and you get comfortable, boom, wrong part. Mm-hmm. Or someone grabbed it and it was supposed to be a an A, not a B. Or, or whatever. <laughs> one number off. Those are the worst. Yeah. One number off and it's a completely different part. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. what, what happened there, you know? And then also you open the box and it's just box wrong. It happens. It happens, you it, know? It happens, yeah. Humans aren't perfect. Yeah. Or you put a new, another big gripe too is put a new part on and it's bad out of the box. So you start looking at other situations and it's like there's just no way to get around that. There's just so much being mass produced right now to like say that every brand new part is going to work on your vehicle or fix the problem. It's another important part of like taking the time to to assess the situation and to make sure that it's a proper assessment that that part needs to be replaced because if it doesn't work, you already know you checked everything else. I need another part. You don't spend three hours looking at everything else, you know, pulling the harness apart, replacing the module, you know, ordering more parts. You know, and it's still the same issue, same issue. It's like, oh, it was the it was the original part. I just got a bad part out of the box. Yeah. You can't get away from that. There's no way you can fix that situation because everything, there's just so much of everything, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure you deal with that a lot. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's a common occurrence. Yeah. You can't get away from it, you yeah. know? And you got to make sure that that part you're replacing is the part you need. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. If it needs an O2 sensor and you put one in, it still says it needs an O2 sensor. Well, now you're really like... Up a creek without a paddle because you didn't do any testing, you know? Like, how do you verify that? <laughs> if you didn't do it, then... Hey, the code told me that's what it was. That's, and it didn't fix it, so, <laughs> you know? And and maybe you guys probably deal with that too at the shop, like the same situation. Hey, they didn't fix the problem. Like, so do you warranty and give them another one, you know? Or it's like, you need to go to a shop because mm. I can't just keep giving you parts, you know? Maybe warranty it the first time. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's, it's a tough situation to be put in. Well, well, fun, funny story with the code reading. My brother owned a uh, 2002 Buick LeSabre, and he had a uh, lean code on his uh, vehicle. That's a fun one. Well, he went to our competitor to have the code read. I don't know why. He went to our competitor for the parts. I don't know why. He went to our competitor. I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> he went to, back to the competitor because the O2 sensor didn't fix it. Yeah. Uh, he threw a O2 sensor. He threw all O2 sensors at it. Mass airflow sensor. Um, I think a throttle body assembly too. Typically, yeah, that's usually what I hear. Um, all to find out that it was vacuum leaks in his hoses. Yeah, I said, "How'd you find that out?" Well, YouTube told me to blow cigar smoke in it. Yeah, and Sm- he said, "Smoke the intake." Yeah, it. he said, "Yeah," and it just came out everywhere. I'm like, yo, vacuum leaks, huh? So why did you go to? that other part store oh the girls are cute <laughs> okay yeah uh, it's probably a hooters huh <laughs> yeah they don't fix cars there no yeah <laughs> um and, and and you know and then and then i it's like well what's you know what did you learn he's like well you know like i, I guess i should probably come to you <laughs> you know like and i didn't know everything at the time but i knew people who knew a lot of stuff yeah and at that time i was out visiting shops i could have said hey you know my brother's got a code you know what, what do you think you're like well you know 
they probably could have told me smoke test it. Yeah, give you a little bit more direction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, step one with the lean code for sure. I mean, you could just have one one vacuum hose off. It's a lot cheaper than four hundred two sensors, a mass airflow, and a throttle actuator. Yeah, I think at total cost them about six hundred bucks. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the hoses that he replaced only cost about forty. Yeah, and and the and the real problem with that is that they spend that kind of money, or even if they go to another shop, one of my competitor shops. I don't like to say the competitors because I am the competition, but <laughs> but anyway, they go to <laughs> they go to another shop and they go to a parts swapper shop and they and they shotgun a bunch of parts there, right? So that bill went from six hundred to probably close to a thousand. Say, let's just round it to a thousand, and it doesn't fix the problem. And now they're coming to me, or somebody else is actually going to assess the situation, and they're like, "Hey, you know, the intake manifold leak is leaking, and it's going to be three hundred bucks to replace it." Mm-hmm. And they just can't do it because they just spent a thousand dollars on nothing. Yeah, well, I, j- I already spent a thousand dollars. I can't spend another three hundred. It's like that's how's that my problem? Yep. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, it's not my problem. And but you can't say that. You know, you got to be nice. So like, it just puts everyone in a difficult situation because they've spent. A fair amount of money. That's not a little bit of money. I mean, they spend a good amount of money. Um, and what do they go back and try to get their money back? Or mm-hmm. how do they, I mean, it's like they're just ready to cut ties and move forward. And I can't do it for free. But that's the problem with the part swapping. It's like that situation. You know, it's like, man, you could have saved yourself so much time and money. We could have built a really good relationship. Yep. We could have had a really nice time here. But now I'm explaining to you. <laughs> Yep. why you don't do what you do so i just hope they take it as a life lesson and the next yep. time around they're like and and do i discount it i mean probably you know just so i can really lock in see that that relationship moving forward like don't go there anymore don't mm-hmm. do that again i'll take care of you <laughs> you know yeah and so it is a good situation to open the door for me but it's it's just tough i hate I, that part swapping is just it's crazy it drives me up the wall, you know, and not to say that I, I wouldn't help, but I get that a lot. People come, hey, so I replaced this, this, and this for this code. What else do you think it could be? Like, oh my God, <laughs> I just had a call the other day from a friend of mine doing the same thing. Yeah. And I think it was for a lean code. It was something like that or a misfire. I don't know what it was, but you know, it's like, what are you doing, man? Why did you replace all those things? Yeah. Call yeah. me first. Yep. Call me first. <laughs> yeah. C- codes are tricky. You know, that's, that's why. That's why technicians charge for a diagnostic fee. Right. You know, and, and most good shops will waive that fee if you decide to go with that shop to do yeah. the repair. Yeah. Because they're making money on the repair. Yeah. I mean, and it's just the, the accessibility of parts and information, like you said, it just makes it so easy for a consumer or a client to go out there and look up real quick. Oh, and they got that part in stock. I'll just go buy it and throw it on there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the smartphone, you know, you price shop, you can go to YouTube and you see how easy the job is. Scott the parts guy, the car Scott the car guy. That that these, I don't know these yeah, these one. these car guys see, on I'm YouTube. All about, I'm all about scanner danner. Yeah, these these car guys on TV, you know, like yeah, I owned a shop for 20 something years. I was like, yeah, that was, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, you were only working on fuel injection and and carburetor and yeah, you know, T- now, TBI. Yeah, you know. it's it's like now, you know, nowadays it's a little you know, different. Well, not only just a little different, but you get rusty quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, all the systems change. You you can take a, a, an O2 sensor, something simple as an O2 sensor, and just in the past decade, how much it has advanced. I mean, you got air fuel ratio sensors, five wires, six wires, like 
same same with mass airflow sensors, vein air. I mean, you can just go on and on and on about how different just the fuel control of of an engine is. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into like transmissions, and it's like, yeah, you want to open another book? Like, <laughs> let's have a let's have a conversation. You know, it's like that's that's crazy too. And and the people shotgunning transmissions is like another gripe I have because that does fix the problem. Um, if you had a transmission solenoid code, and it's like someone is, is, is like the dealership, you need a transmission. Yeah, that's going to fix the problem, but it's because sure. they're too too lazy to take the time to actually you know look any deeper. Maybe it just needs a solenoid. Maybe it needs a valve body. I mean, maybe it just needs a torque converter. It's like there's so many other things that it could be. Try flushing it first. I mean, yeah, and I mean the converter could be bad, and yeah, that the transmission needs to be rebuilt, replaced at that time. But yeah. like, you're gonna shotgun a whole transmission at it? I'll just I'll just list uh, looking at a post yesterday about a guy that did that. He had uh, lost third and fourth gear. In a Chevy truck, right? Stay so, off the freeway. Yeah, so he, yeah, one and two, whatever. He's, he's driving around for weeks. Said I, I can't get on the freeway. You know, I got to take the back roads to work. So I, I'm going to try to fix this myself. You know, so he buys a transmission, puts it in, same problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he, he he puts a whole new transmission in, or not new, but used, and he's mm-hmm. got the same problem. Well, it ends up being that the speed sensor on the transfer case was bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the output speed sensor that allows the three, four shift solenoid to activate. Yeah. And so anyway, that ended up being just a speed sensor on the transfer case. It's like, holy moly, like to go through all that because you want to tackle it yourself, <laughs> just go buy a part and put it in. It's like, I don't know. That's just, that's next level right there. That's yeah. a lot of heartache. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's dedication and uh, following the wrong steps. That's a quite a learning experience. Yeah. What did you learn? <laughs> Don't have my code scanned. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't buy parts because the code says to. That's for sure. That's definitely not what you want to do. Yeah. That's funny. Well, cool. This has been fun. Yeah. We've got a lot of information out there, huh? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Hopefully, uh, people looking to get in, they can see a different path. Yeah. A little bit of insight behind the, the parts, you know, the parts and how they get to you. Any other parting words? Um, the automotive industry is, is one of those that we don't have people beating down our door to come work for us True. in the shop, in the part, in the parts house and the dealerships, you know, we don't, we just don't have that hiring pool that, you know, people want to go, you know, I want to be nurses. I want to be a computer tech. I want to be an influencer. You know, we just don't have that amount of people that just want to be in this business. Yeah. It's not a lowbrow business anymore you know we're not shade tree mechanics we're not going to rip you off They're, these guys are are highly trained professionals yeah it t- takes a lot of money to run a shop it takes a lot of knowledge to run a shop it takes a lot of dedication and and um and passion and to re- run a shop and yeah. relationships and yeah and building those relationships with your customers with your parts provider with you know with other shops yeah. as well you know the, you know it's not just you know we're 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 not just this you know, working class, blue collar, low brow, you know, this is definitely a business and an industry that's still going to be advancing yeah. far beyond electric vehicles. Oh, yeah. 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 There's not going to be a shortage of uh, of work for us. That's for sure. No. You know, you know. The, the the tools will be different. The parts will be different. The vehicles may might, might not have wheels. Yeah, we'll see. We'll but see. we'll see. But there's still going to be a need for technicians to, yeah, yeah. to fix this and fix that. Yeah, I mean, hey, did. hey, hey! I got a code red. Can you help me? Yeah, my <laughs> my car won't fly anymore. 
It's in drive mode. It's stuck in drive mode. I need to fly. I need to get over it. I can't do it anymore. Who knows what the next thing, uh, like flight actuators and, mm-hmm. oh man, it's, it's, I mean, it's, a lot of people are scared of the EVs and what this industry is going to turn into, but if you're with it and you're into yep. it, it's exciting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, 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 it, it opens new doors. It opens new avenues because you, you got technicians, just like you said, it's everyone thinks you're just going to be wearing overalls, getting greasy. I mean, that's the heavy duty guys. Those are, <laughs> those are the diesel techs. Those are the ad guys. They're still out there, but yeah, they're wearing overalls. They're crawling underneath tractors and they're getting dirty and greasy and, and whatnot. And that's not how the automotive industry is. It hasn't been for years. It's mm-hmm. very technical, and it's getting more technical. Oh, yes. And you talk about not getting dirty. Well, pretty soon here, we're going to be doing the same thing in the shop. You know, when you talk about EVs with uh, no oil, you know, you got the gear oil in the back and whatnot, and brake fluid still and coolant. But uh, it, it's definitely a lot cleaner and a lot more in your head, a lot more thinking that's involved. You're dealing with high voltage. You got to think about how electric motors work, how electricity works. You know, and, and there's still going to be parts, obviously, that need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be, I mean, I don't know what they're going to be, but they're going to be something. There's, <laughs> you know, the, the Priuses have had, you know, parts being replaced in those electric motors for years now. Yeah. You know, and, and guys getting smarter and smarter and smarter, being able to tear these um, these hybrids apart and, and replace capacitors and replace certain components in the vehicles. I mean, there's a, there's always going to be a market for it. It's just mm-hmm. constant, constantly evolving. It's like when the drum brakes went to disc brakes. Everyone's scared. Yep. Well, I'd rather do disc brakes than drum brakes. That's for sure. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> you you don't have any personal experience though, but I do not know. Disc brakes are a lot easier than drum brakes. We'll just we'll just leave it at that, right? I mean, yeah, some of the other jobs like timing chains on some engines are definitely a little more difficult now, but not not for every single thing is going to be yeah harder. So yeah, we'll see how it goes though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an ever expanding industry. Yeah. Period. Cut and dry. Yeah. It, you know, and then it doesn't matter if you want to be again behind the counter or under the car, turning wrenches. Yeah. Or uh, in, in, the, in the future, laser beams. There's a <laughs> choo choo. There's a pl- there's a place for you. You're gonna do laser beam uh, windshield. Are you still gonna do free windshield wiper replacement if they're lasers? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yet to be seen. We'll see. Uh, well, thanks for coming. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me.